Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Jess joins me. Matt is off gallivanting in the woods, lamenting the end of the Bears season and whatever else. I don't really know where to go with that one, but he gets a rare vacation day. Probably the only one will allow for all of 2021. So with that, Jess, how was your weekend? Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, And yes, that will be his only one. And it's a shame he used it so early in the year. Rookie mistake. Yep. So some news that caught us. I guess kind of by surprise, I think it was at the end of last week, Marco Andretti is stepping down from full-time racing. Now, a few notes before we dive into this in this relatively short episode. He is still testing with the team this week. I think they're in Barber. He'll obviously be doing the Indy 500 this May. I like hesitate to say May because I'm scared to jinx that it's going to be in May. But and there's a chance he might do a few other races, but otherwise that car might run, it might not. But I can tell you one thing for sure: it will not be have anything to do with James Hinchcliffe and his plans. So on that note, Jess, where where do you want to start with this one? Sort of start with you saying that it kind of caught you by surprise because that's just a bold face lies or it really caught everyone by surprise yeah okay that's fair not because it's not overdue but because we never thought we'd see the day i i want to first of all i want to i guess almost congratulate marco because he did make this decision on his own per everybody involved uh brian herda I don't know that Michael's commented. If if he did, I missed that. But um, everybody seems to allude to Marco made this decision on his own and he thought it was just time. So I, I got to say congrats then on a career that you ended on your own terms because, I mean, that's that's definitely a positive. Like I said, probably nobody really thought that this was gonna happen but I think a lot of people thought it should happen um I think especially the last few years and his lackluster performances um I I think everybody kind of was hoping that something like this would happen and the seat would open up to give somebody else a chance in a potentially very good ride yeah obviously props to Marco for I don't know if going out on his own terms is the right way of putting it, but kind of realizing things aren't really working. Um, you know, no matter what we try, it's it's not working, especially you get the pole at Indy, and then that was pretty much it for the year. And I read something interesting. It was actually a Facebook comment of all things, and I know usually those are really bad, but af- if, you, if you look at Marco's stats after IndyCar switch from a NASP, naturally aspirated engine to the turbo engine which was 2013 or whatever it was his career really took a turn for the worse so i don't know if if his comfortability with the car and 
the arrow kits and everything really just kind of hurt his, you know, what little consistency he had back in the day. But let me ask you a really wild hypothetical here. If Marco Andretti won the 2006 Indy 500, would his career have played out differently? Yes. I feel like if he would have won that 500, we would have had this discussion a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the only reason um, he's he's really sticking around now. He he still wants to win the 500, and I I give him props for wanting to do that. I mean, I, obviously, like that's kind of everybody who's in open wheels goal. And, and like I said, I I don't I don't dog Marco uh, about his choice at all. I I think this is a good choice for him and, and hopefully he finds some something that he really enjoys. He's looking at IMSA and a few other things. So I think that's good for him to let him try some things that he wants to do, but also keep his foot in the door. Um, that way he can try to come back and do the 500 again. Yeah. I'm certainly happy to see him do the 500 every year for as many years as he won, I think he deserves it. He's just, he's always been relatively good there, minus a couple of the last few years. But yeah, I, I know it's obviously way too late for him to do the Rolex 24 and Associated. It's probably close to being too late to doing Sebring in March. But I would love to see him do you know the walk at six hours at Watkins Glen or or Petit Le Mans later in the year. And I don't know what what else can he do. Maybe NASCAR. I mean, he can do whatever he wants, essentially, if he can find a ride. Yeah, I mean, the only thing it looks like uh, that would be maybe conflicting would be some IndyCar tests. I I haven't really looked at all the schedules and compared because they've all been ever-changing, and it's too hard to keep up with in my planner, to be quite honest. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, I I think, like I said, I, I give him props for deciding to do this, and and I dog on Marco a lot. So the fact that I'm giving props to him for anything is is big, big news, guys. But yeah, no, I think this is I think this is the right move for him. I do too. Yes. Talking about Marco in in not a oh my god, he just you know, qualified P twenty three and finished P twenty two again is refreshing. I you know, he's always been nice to me when I've seen him around the track and it's it's going to be weird to not have an Andretti on on the on the grid at the start of the season, but I'm sure sure he will still be involved. I know Brian Herta will still be involved with Andretti racing in some capacity. They haven't quite said how yet, so we shall certainly see. I guess the one other bit of Andretti news, again, we don't have too much to do this week. There's it's it's a quiet post New Year week. Ryan Hunter Ray becomes official back in the twenty eight car. I was convinced he was gonna retire after the year, so as usual, I am wrong. But I'm gonna make that prediction again this year. I'm just gonna get it out there now that he's gonna retire after this year. So I'm just gonna get that out, you know, I'm just gonna say it now so I can be wrong and hopefully a year from now you'll forget. To be fair, though, like even reading the article on motorsport.com, it alluded to he was probably going to retire, but there was some unfinished business. They felt like both DHL and Brian Henry and Reddy team 
due to the craziness of COVID. So I don't feel like it's that crazy of a leap to say that this is maybe going to be his last year. Got to say maybe because obviously we've seen the schedule change multiple times already and who knows what it's going to be like this year. But I hope that uh, Ryan gets whatever it is that he is wanting to get out of the way and, and he can maybe retire on his own terms too. Yeah, we get to see a couple guys who are probably on the, you know, in the last season or two of their career, you know, Kanan is back for two years. You'd have to think at some point Scott Dixon is getting towards that retirement line, although he's not even human, so he could probably race until he's 100. Who else? Elio is doing a couple races this year. Juan Montoya is back for a race this year, so... It could be a it could be a really cool year of guys who are kind of on their their last leg as we get this soon to be influx of Kyle Kirkwoods and whatnot. Before we move on to a couple other news pieces, uh, team pit lane shout outs to Keith Tyron, Michelle, and my pal Jake Neely. Yeah. So speaking of the influx of drivers that we're kind of expecting to happen over the next, I don't know, we'll say two years, maybe three years. It kind of all just depends on how everything plays out. I think obviously the way that this year goes is going to have a lot to do with it. But Stingray Rob is officially going to be moving up to Indy Lights, but he is going to be staying with Yukos. I don't think that really surprised anybody. And man, oh man, did he luck out with that? I mean, he's he's got the seat of seats, I guess, so to speak, in Indy Lights. I think he has a killer chance at uh, at coming out and doing uh, wealth stingray rob things because his uh, season last year was pretty dang impressive. I, I think it's going to be another one. What do you think? Yeah, I think Indy Lights is going to be the one road to indie level that's going to be really hard to predict who the winner or who the champion is going to be between the Andretti cars are obviously going to be strong. Yunko's cars are going to be strong. HMD and GRP combo is going to have four cars. They'll probably be strong. They're a good team. And I'm missing probably another couple cars. So the field is going to be stacked and I think this might be one of those years where instead of like a a Pato Award and Colton Herta battle or an Oliver Askew and whoever he finished set, you know, who, who whoever he had the close battle with a couple of years ago and these battles where, you know, Ed Jones and Max Chilton are in Indy Lights and Ed wins off of a tiebreaker and I think we're going to see a year where there's like six or seven guys that are solidly in contention going down to the last weekend. I I don't even know how I would predict who the winner is other than throwing a dart at the wall and seeing where it lands. I mean, that would be better than some of your other ways of predicting sometimes. I'm very sad at that response. But but it's true. (laughs) I deserve it. Also, uh, Oliver was battling with Pato Award. Yes, I knew Pato was in for a couple years. It's it's all the same. Sorry, Pato. It all runs together after a couple seasons. I get it. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. It's it's going to be definitely hard to pick. I don't know if I'm going to throw a dart at my wall, but 
no, I would definitely get in trouble. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have anybody to get in trouble with, but myself, but I would be ticked off when I had to fill in the hole and then paint. So I'm not going to throw a dart at the wall, but you can do whatever you want. Um, but I think Stingray has a good, a good shot. I mean, he's got a good ride and, so on the note of guys moving up into different series, uh, unfortunately, a little bit of not so great news. The FR America scholarship is going to be changing after this season. And after this one, the Indy Road to Indy program is not going to be getting that scholarship. So it's kind of Kind of sad, but it is there this year. And who knows, maybe somebody's going to step forward and we'll we'll come up with a scholarship opportunity again. But right now, it's not looking great after this season. Yeah, this one caught me off guard really early. Uh, recording morning, so Monday, where yeah, this was a really cool announcement last year. Another way to get into Indie Lights and... Now that scholarship is going to Super Formula in Japan, and so this one-year scholarship, I guess Linus Lundquist can say he's the only F Formula regional slash F3 champ to go into Indy Lights, so I guess that's a cool place in the record books. But I'm kind of bummed because the road to Indy is expensive, and this was a great way to help guys get in there and Super Formula is a hell of a series. It's actually pretty entertaining to watch, but you and obviously, you know, Alex Polo came from Super Formula and Pato did a couple races over there and I'm sure there's been a few other IndyCar guys that have gone over there, but it's hard not to be a little disappointed by this news. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime a opportunity like this gets kind of taken away for lack of a better word, it, it's it's tough. And like you said, it is expensive to to run these cars. So hopefully somebody will step up and, and maybe come up with something different. Um, heck, maybe they'll just come up with a totally different system altogether, different scholarships all over the place. Yeah, maybe we'll see a new Mazda-type sponsor take the step up after maybe COVID kind of settles down this year, knock on wood. We've got one more piece of news, I guess, to round out the week. Obviously not too much going on. But before we get there, guys, we do a very special episode every year where we gather a ridiculous amount of hot takes and craziness and record it for our team Pit Lane members. If you would like to learn how to get access to that and everything that comes with it, t-shirts and access to our private group, shoot one of us a message and I'll put the link in our podcast show notes as well. It's really fun. Usually we get to record it in October, but 2020 had other plans with scheduling and then the holidays. So on that note, the last bit of news this week. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. 
Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. This one actually caught me off guard in that Roman Grosjean is being strongly linked to Dale Coyne Racing. Racer has reported it. Motorsport has reported it. It's being reported by racer people, uh, racer reporters in the UK, Chris Medlin, who usually does F1. So I feel like if Chris is writing about it, it's probably accurate. But what do you think about Romain to DCR? Yes, no, still unlikely? Uh, I'm going to go with yes. So we know that he had interest prior to his uh, accident. And I think that the way he talked led us all to believe that maybe it wasn't going to happen because he was second guessing everything in his life at that time. And who can blame him? I mean, if you saw that accident, like I would be guessing or second guessing my choice of socks. Like (laughs) there's, there's nothing I wouldn't be rethinking um, if, if an accident like that, happened uh to me so i can't blame him at all but he showed interest before and obviously um we saw just this past week um he was able to take all the bandages off his hands um they're looking really really good considering what he went through so i i think i think it's a great opportunity i mean it's a decent ride and i i think it would be a good fit honestly for him yeah, I do too. I and that picture of his hand, you could see that one scar. I think it's on his index finger knuckle that looks pretty gnarly and I can't believe that that's still the worst of the accident it was a scar on his hand that obviously will probably hurt still, but in the long run really isn't that big of a deal. So I think it would be a, a great fit for him there. I, I know he's not how old is Roman Grosjean? We're going to we're going to look this up on the fly here. He is in his early 30s, 34. So he's not, you know, he's he could still race an IndyCar for a handful of years. And I think if you pair him with, let's just say, Pietro Fittipaldi, who he's been teammates with at Haas for the last, at least the last two years, I think, when Fittipaldi went, went over there. So I think they'd make a great duo. And I think Roma could teach Fittipaldi a lot about on track stuff, preparation around the track and whatnot that that he's learned over the last 12, 13 years in F1. So I think it would be a really good move for them. I was surprised because I heard earlier in the offseason that he wasn't going to be able to get the funding, but 
don't know, maybe his accident brought more attention to him and brought some sponsors. So, I mean, listen, weirder, weirder things have happened to, to get sponsors. So I'm not, wouldn't be too shocked there. And I think that's really all we have for the week. For for those who are excited for some racing, the roar before the 24s this weekend, I'd imagine it's on TV or being live streamed. I really have no idea off the top of my head, but look for our social media. I'll post about it. And then the Rolex is the weekend after that. Sadly, we will not be there in person this year, but I think I will cover it right where I am here. And maybe even I'll, I'll go on Twitch and, or I don't know, something where we can just like chat with a bunch of people, even if it's at like four o'clock in the morning, I might as well. Let's, let's have some fun with it. And so whoever wants to hang out, I'll share the links when it gets closer to the actual Rolex. But Jess, unless you have anything else, you do. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So uh, this past weekend, racing actually did get started. So we got to say congrats. Oh my God, how to did I forget about that? Kyle Larson for winning the Chili Bowl, uh, second year in a row. It was not the best race that they've had, or I should say, not the best track that they've had lately. Um, but the final uh, A main was actually pretty, pretty dang entertaining. Anyways. But yeah, congrats, Kyle Larson, for that. Let me ask you a question about that. So I watched most of the festivities on Saturday. Thankfully, the Chili Bowl and Mav TV put it free on their Facebook pages, which was awesome. But unfortunately, I've been rather sick for the past week. So I just could not stay up. And the track repair that took... 90 ish minutes. I made it to about 11 15, 11 20 Saturday night before I, I gave up. Did the 90 minute track repair frustrate you like it frustrated a lot of people? Do you understand it? And and then part two of that question is do you think it made a difference? Being that I have been to an untold number of dirt races and I have seen track prep in person. No, the 90 minutes didn't bother me. Yes. I understand why people were frustrated. Um, but it, it didn't bother me. It takes time. Um, and the second part, did it make a difference? Sadly? Yeah. And I, I have to say kind of in the wrong direction because the track for the B mains was fantastic. And they were trying to make it to replicate that, but they do have to work it again because a uh, 55 lap uh, race on dirt is that's that's brutal on the dirt, as weird as that sounds. Um, so they were trying to get it to replicate itself, and unfortunately, I I honestly feel like they put too much water on the track, so the top came in too early. But when it came in, it left a a big lip and it, it was, I mean, they were like hitting a wall when they hit it instead of being able to kind of bump over it when it's just a cushion, they just like hit it and it was not working well, like it should have. So unfortunately, like I said, I think the track wasn't in the best shape, but I understand the time. And like I said, for what the track was, um, I, I think it was quite an entertaining A-Main. There were some really good races throughout. 
I want to give a shout out to uh, the A Main podcast who had their logo on the side of Zach Dom's car, I believe. I think he made it to C Main or D Main and and got taken out and in, in some contact there. So some really good battles, really good event. I watched most of Saturday and fell asleep because I just I didn't I couldn't hang. But anyway. I guess that wraps it up. I'm sorry to the Chili Bowl fans for forgetting about the Chili Bowl after I said this weekend that the Chili Bowl was better than the football playoffs. And here I am forgetting about it. So let's just blame that on the fact that I'm still uh, not feeling so well. Well, I won't let you forget the dirt race. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, you haven't let me forget that I said Scott Dixon was American four years ago. So Fair. Fair, but you know me. I I love dirt racing, and and for any of our fans who really enjoy dirt racing and and don't get that content from us very often, if you want to chat dirt, I will absolutely chat dirt with you. So find me on on social, and and we can do that. Yeah, and if uh, the world gets a little bit better, I'll head out to Western PA with the main podcast guys, Matt and Bill, and check out some of the Western PA tracks that I haven't gotten to go to. So please world get a little bit better so I can do that for real on that note, Jess, go ahead and sign us off and guys keep your lug nuts tight. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle, or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!